House of Run podcast. What are you into these days? Mostly running, Howard. Running. Yeah. Look at Bill! Look at Bill! Coming on! Coming on! I'm not thinking about making the team. I'm thinking about gold in Munich. What can I say? I got beat by a zebra. Starts now. Welcome back to the House of Run podcast. House of Run at gmail.com is the email address. We're on Twitter, at House of Run, where you can send us all your comments on track and field. You can comment on blutering the touching tail of two runners that met each other in the Midwest, and one of them ended up t- being a very active voicemail on the House of Run podcast. Uh, you can tweet about Jason's shaved head. The possibilities mm-hmm. are, are really endless. Yeah, actually, I, you know, I want to start off with, uh, so I'll, we had a good amount of people who, who you know, decided to take me up on the donations there for the, uh, the St. Baldrick. So I just want to shout out to people who did it because it's very much appreciated. And if anybody wants to still have March 9th is when I'm doing it. So you still have like a week and a half, um, almost two weeks. So, uh, but let's see, we got, uh, Joseph Waltz, uh, it's a listener there. Scooter, of course. Yeah, Braylon, Braylon Calhoun. I don't believe that's that's our young uh, friend Braylon, but perhaps a, there is only another. one Braylon. That's true. World. So this is it's a different Braylon, but but still much appreciated. Uh, we've got House of Run longtime listener. Mm, so sure, they listen to the pod. Who could that be? I mean, I don't know. It's it's hard hard to know. And then we also have House of Run listener from Dorset, UK. Okay, so that's good. And then Joe B. Parentheses, great podcast. So. That's that's like that's like good. I mean, you guys came out. I, I very much appreciate it. I said if anybody else can, even a dollar, whatever. You know, I'm my goal is to raise a thousand. I'm at eight hundred and twenty nine. Oh, so, you're almost there. Nice job. So I'm getting close. Yeah. So I mean, and hey, if we if we go past it, that'd obviously be great because yeah, it's like for a very good cause. So thank you to everybody. Uh, really appreciate it. Nice, nice work, listeners. Very well done. Um, to, on today's show, we got a busy show. We have a lot of emails yeah. coming at the end. The emails came in droves again this week, so we thank people for that. We're going to uh, preview Euro Indoors. We're going to recap USA Outdoors. Exact? No, we're not. We're going to recap nope. USA Indoors as well, too. <laughs> USA Outdoors has not happened yet. We'll talk about Lil Britson getting a win over the world record holder. Um, Kenny Zibikele withdrawing from another major marathon. Uh, but you're most interested about Wade Van Nieker growing a race, right? So Absolutely. we can start with that. The man yeah, ran a race, I, and Jason is pumped up. <laughs> I know, like, there were, like, indoor world records and American records and stuff, but, like, Wade Van Nieker, guys, he ran. He ran, a, he ran <laughs> like, 47.3, which, you know, hey, may not be the most exciting time in the world, but, like, he looked like he was taking it pretty easy, but still had that good acceleration in the last uh, last stretch there, and then, you know, shut it down early. Like, that, that was, I think that was a good sign. I mean, just the fact that he's running is a good sign. Looked like it was running a gale. I don't know if you saw the flags. Yeah, going around yeah the wind looked... was howling. So, and the poor guy who was in front—I don't know who it was—but they really thought for 350 meters they were going to beat Wade Van Niekerk. And <laughs> Wade Van Niekerk's last hundred—it was—is like he it looked like Ezekiel Kemboy in the last 300 of a steeple race. It just was—it was, <laughs> was kind of like massive acceleration when yes. like, the little kid was running, and then Pre was like, "No, sorry, like it's." it's... Like for the rest of his life, he would have been like, "I beat the world record holder and you know gold medalist." Yeah, Wade yeah, yeah. Kirk. And Wade's like, "No, nah, I can't allow this. Sorry, can't let that losing mentality creep in." Exactly. Even to an eight-year-old, <laughs> no, the person wasn't eight. That would have been a very fast eight-year-old. Forty-seven and change, though. That's that's the mark to beat this year. Yeah, I mean, Van if Nieker. he improves by like 
a half second a month, he'll be under like 35 seconds by world championships. So that's what's your current before we move away from this. Okay. What's your current Van Niekerk? Like, like what's his look or yeah. Like what's his, what, what's his range world championship range of finishes? Uh, I mean, I, I know it's, I mean, we've seen him one, one race in a, uh, you know, a intramural type setting. It seemed like, um, I, they gave away ribbons at the end of the race be, because, be, because he's Wade Van Niekirk though. And that he just did that. I'm legit at this point. I mean, barring injury setback, let's say that, uh, I'll be shocked if he doesn't medal. Okay. So you're not saying that there's a possibility he won't make the final. You think for sure? No, I, 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 I think that's, I think that's a foregone conclusion. I think okay. he's likely to medal if, if he's, He's just he's that good. Where you know, I, Michael Norman is is his scariest competition for gold. I think mm-hmm. I think that's a pretty safe thing to say. I mean, you have some other, you have you know uh, Stephen Gardner and um, you know McQuala or whoever else you want to throw in there. Yeah. But Norman's the only other world beater. I feel like. Hmm. Um. So that that's the only guy. You know, you kind of hesitate. Like everybody else, I could. I, it won't shock me at all. You know, I, I'm sure he'll be. You know, in a couple of months he'll be running. 44 and then it's just a matter of obviously you know can how long is it going to take him to get back into the 43 shape is it i mean is it this year is it next year i i still think he could do it but i mean it's just the dude runs so hard um i just yeah and and i mean he's you know anytime you have someone who's obviously the, the world record holder and like the the you know the best ever at it you just kind of go Oh, he's going to figure it out, especially how young he is. And it's, you know, injuries, you never know for sure, but I, I feel pretty confident. So, you hear that, one, Julian, trying to say he might be washed? I saw it on Twitter. One through three is your range for him. One through three. That's what I'm thinking. All right, that's pretty safe. Okay, we have a, we have a world record to talk about. Yes. Uh, we also have a new world record song, but I think we'll save that for the, for the email segment because it comes with a message as well. So, we have a new world record song that's in stark contrast to the old world record song, but Donovan Brazier, yeah. 600 meters, historic 600 meters. Let's get this official <laughs> as, time. As, as historic as a 600 meter could be. 113.77 for Brazier, fastest in history. He went through it about 48 flat, closed the final 200 in 25.6, to get the record. Great indoor season for Brazier. Uh, yeah, it's I mean you can't. Indis- yeah, I can't dispute that at this point. No, I mean he's he is always you know he's always run pretty well indoors. It seems like and and you know times wise his are very impressive and it seems like he's actually getting better. So it wouldn't shock me to see him set the American record outdoors this year. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, obviously in the right race you get the right situation going, and then the only last test for him really is just you know, going through championship style rounds. Um, yeah. Cause that's the only thing he's really ever struggled with. But outside of that, I mean, this guy's a, you know, he's got the potential to be just a, a star. Which I like the fact indoor season. Well, this race, he doesn't go out in front. And earlier this year we saw him lead or trail Murphy. I like the fact mm. that he's kind of playing around with the tactics a little bit. I think that's going to help yeah. him when he gets into the championship setting. So Oregon project swept the three, Mid-distance races, because Angles won the mile, and then Clayton Murphy won the thousand. It's funny. 
these off distances ended up being like, perfect for Murphy and Brazier. Because if you think Murphy's ability, you think, okay, well, he's really good in the 15 and really good in the 8. The 1,000 would be perfect for him. And right. he, blew over, he blew everybody out. Granted, the competition wasn't that stout. Uh, and then same thing with Brazier in the, in the 6. I mean, he's a speed-based 800 guy. And mm. granted, someone like like Rudisha or Career is probably more of a you know perfectly aligned for the six. But amongst like Americans, he's the he's the guy. He's right. like the person you'd you'd most want in a six hundred. So it worked out pretty well for them. The men's two mile. What'd you make of this men's two mile? Where there were so many. This happened in both the men's and women's races, both the mile and two mile. They had so many entrants, they had to split them into two heats, but they couldn't do prelims and finals. So they did A right. heats and B heats. Uh, Drew Hunter was in the B heat and ran 825, had some help, pacing help from his teammates to get there, and then waited three hours for the A heat to go. And you'll never guess this, Jason, but the A yeah. heat, didn't, they didn't go out that fast. They did not go out that fast, and Drew Hunter ended up winning the meet. Won the, won the U.S. title from the the old B Heat. Yeah, it's. I mean, and he. I mean, yeah, he got he got based a little bit, but he won his race by thirteen plus seconds, which yeah. is you know obviously a, a, a big thing. And it's. I mean, split finals are the worst. Like we, I think that's something mm-hmm. we can all agree on. Like it's just it's the, the worst. Um, there's nothing that you know interesting about finding out you won an hour later or whatever it is. Um, yeah. So yeah, I mean that that's. But what do you do in this scenario when you have that many people? What are you supposed to? Like, is there a way around it? Like, I see a lot of criticism here, but I'm of the opinion it's well. He didn't he didn't have a time this year, right? And he wasn't like it wasn't like Shelby Houlihan where you're the defending champion, so you automatically get in the A heat, right? I, I, so I don't know what you do in this situation where clearly Drew Hunter qualified to be in the A heat. Especially when yes, you look at of some course. Of the I mean, that's he didn't run it's the time, just. Yeah, and it's just unfortunate that we just have yeah no I mean, the fact that they could put eight twenty five out there and then you know you know it, what you have it, to do you know what we have exactly to do like that that's the weirdest thing I mean it's a big advantage to go second yes like it's obviously a huge advantage because you just go okay if I want to win this bare minimum I know what time I have to clear like there's no you know it's okay fine I could try to win this heat but it could, I could end up finishing fourth because it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's yeah. it's such a weird thing. I mean, like I said, it's it it is a tough situation because there's not an easy solution for it. But it's just it's so unsatisfying to have this kind of situation happen just because you don't. Who who knows what happens if you know if Hunter's in the other heat, and maybe he yeah. wins regardless easily easily regardless anyway. Like that's that wouldn't shock me if he would have right. won this meet no matter what. Um, you know, it wasn't it, a, there wasn't really a loaded field. Um, you know, Eric Avila. No. Yeah. Uh, won the won the other heat. Um, so like, yeah. I mean, you could you could say, hey, Drew Hunter was probably the best guy, right, in, in both heats, and the right guy won. So no harm done. But it still, you know, takes away from a little bit of the fun. Didn't impact the women's event too much. Although, Colleen Quigley, who upset Shelby Houlihan on day one in the mile, was entered in the two mile, but she was in the slow heat, so she decided not to run it. Hmm depriving us of of a rematch the next day yeah uh, inst- instead we got Hulahan trouncing everybody in the two mile and starting a new streak the day after she lost 
to Quigley. That was eight eight U.S. titles in a row she had. That was dating back to 2017 wow. indoor. So two years, and she racked up eight in a row indoor, outdoor, and then most recently in cross country. But Colleen Quigley beat her 429-47 to Houlihan's 429-92. So I ask you, Jason, with all due sincerity, is it time to panic if you're Shelby Houlihan? <laughs> I mean, I was—I I will say—I was surprised that she lost, just because, like she you mentioned, she she doesn't really lose these kind of races, and she's you know looked so good. I mean, she yeah, she lost by a half second to Quigley. Um, we're still indoors. She came back and won the three k. Uh, two mile, two mile, Jason. Oh, two, two mile. I'm sorry. Um, so yeah, it, it's not you know obviously not a not a huge deal, but it, it still was a little surprising. Um, you know, I'm still betting on Houlihan outdoors to be really really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I mean, good for quickly. I mean, that's a, that's a nice, that's a nice win. So no reason to panic. Uh, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to hold off on the panic for now. Okay. I was thinking we had, a, we had to throw all of our prognosis, prognoses, prognosis out the window. <laughs> Prognosi. <laughs> Prognosi. Yeah. Yeah. Prog- there it is out the window because this is the person we anointed, or at least I anointed as the favorite in the 1500 this year in Doha. And she and she didn't win. That's true. But we are fourteen months from Doha, so we're actually actually know the number. Uh, we're two hundred and I think fourteen days away oh, from the beginning. Okay. From the beginning of the two hundred and fourteen days. So she's she's got a little bit of time. Um, but yeah, I, I wouldn't uh, I wouldn't panic on the on the Houlihan Humvee yet. She also just ran cross, and I'm assuming because she won that race, she had trained a little bit for the longer distances. Mm-hmm. May, maybe not as. Sharp. I like the next day though. She comes out and just wrecks it. Like Purrier went out, what like was front running a little bit, and had like a two two second lead or so. And then after the mile, Houlihan's like, nah, no, no. So she went off on her own. Yeah, he's like knocking out. Like I like the fact that winning U.S. title, like winning, like yeah, racking up titles like means something to her Mm -hmm. enough to be like, no, I'm not gonna sit around in this pack. I'm going to go and get you, and then I'm going to destroy the rest of this field, and that's exactly what she did. Yep. She, didn't, she maybe could have won if, if people went back to the pack. You know, like, like if Perrier, Perrier was probably going to slow down, right? And then, right. Or, or the, the pack was going to speed up. Either way, they were going to catch her because Katie Mackey ended up catching her as well. But I like the fact that like, she went out and got it, Hurlihan. Like, she, didn't yeah. wait for it, she didn't wait for it to happen. Like, she was like, I'm the better runner in this field. It was very Kind of Chalimo-y, I'll say, to make okay. a yeah. modern-day comparison. Like, I'm better than everybody in this field. So, so why am I going to mess around? Like, let's just, yeah. just let's get it done and, and yeah. yeah. Which I respect. Yeah, I think that's something you need to do every once in a while, especially coming off a rare loss for her, yeah. uh, especially not, you know, in an international field, in a domestic field where she, yeah, just kind of goes like, okay, you know, I'm, yeah, not she's happy a, I lost yesterday. She's so got a gonna, killer instinct, kind of, I think. A little bit. I think so. I, like I think it. you have to. Yeah, but I don't think everybody necessarily has has that. Right. Combined with the ability. Obviously, it helps to have the ability, too. So from there, we drop down to the 1,000, where Ajay Wilson won, as expected. Yes. 234.71, a time that means really <laughs> nothing, because I don't know what that means. Uh, it wasn't an American record, that's all I know. Because there was an American record on the women's side of things, and it was... 16-year-old Ating Mo from New Jersey. Now, she's been on my radar 
for a little bit because she doesn't compete for her high school. She runs these AAU meets. So I saw her AAU highlights this summer where she won the four and the eight in her age group and then ran the 200. And got, I think she got second in the 200. Jeez. And I just thought it was crazy that someone would run the 200 and the 800. Um, her 800 meter, you know, she's never broken two in the 800. So this was a bit I feel like surprising. she could do that. I feel like she could do that because... She beat Raven Rogers handily. And she ran 123.57, which seems just really fast for a 600. It, it, it is an American record. So I guess this could be the first of many times in her career, because she's only 16 years old, that a Ting Mo is going to get the American record treatment here. Yeah, this is, man, I mean... I guess, I mean, especially you're 16. I mean, I feel like you, you earned this song with this one, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. It's a, like, it's 600 indoors. They run it enough. You get the, you get the song. Hey, man, did you see that record? No, not a world, but an American record. Maybe it was a world record, too. It was the best performance by an American citizen or a relay team composed of American citizens and an athletics event within the United States or abroad. Hey man, did you see that American record? Jason, I'm guessing Mo was not on your your watch list going into this weekend. No, I cannot say that. Yeah, that I was I was surprised. I mean, it's you know a 16 year old, and hey, if 16 year old finished second or third in this field, that'd still be really. I mean, you have Raven Rogers in there, like mm-hmm. that's you know who seems like the the likely winner there. But uh, I know Rogers has run under two, right? So I mean, yep. Yeah. Wow. I mean, I'm really surprised by this just i mean to win the race in general but to set the american record even in a weird ish distance but a distance that's run well enough and what yeah i mean it's obviously just someone you completely like i will not overlook her again let's say that well you know plenty of time not to it was it like on the back stretch of this last lap rogers caught up to her Mm -hmm. and that's where he thought okay she's gonna go past and mo's gonna fall fall apart a bit and instead, the move ended up being, like, too early for Rogers. Like, right. Mo was the one who stayed poised. Because if Rogers waited and didn't try to pass on the outside and stuck behind her maybe until the last 50, she could have squeaked by. But it looked like she thought, okay, I'm going to be able to get by her and be free and clear to the finish. Because in the prelims, I mean, she ran 125, which was really quick. But yeah, I don't know, I don't know if any – I wouldn't blame anybody for thinking, okay, she's a high schooler. She's in her first U.S. champs, or 126 in the prelim. She probably put too much out there in the heats, and she's not going to have it in the final. Like, I wouldn't blame right. anybody for thinking oh. that. That's it. That's a, that's a normal conclusion yeah, to draw. Instead, she beat Raven Rogers by a, over a second in the last lap. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. I know. That's crazy. Yeah. I mean, that, that, is, that is really, yeah, good closing speed. And like you said, for someone who, you know, probably hasn't run rounds a ton um right and like you know ran ran fairly quickly in the rounds faster than everyone else in this final basically besides rogers um so yeah i mean i just certainly a name that i may had 
seen and glancing before, but didn't really uh, have, you know, a, a ton to think about. But now, yeah, certainly won't uh, overlook her. 203.98 is her indoor personal best. Yeah. Since, yeah. <laughs> Sammy Watson has the high school record indoors of, I think I want to say it's 2-1 high. Outdoors, she's run 204.51. Indoors, she's run 52.45 for, or sorry, outdoors, 52.45 for the quarter and 23.63 for the 200. And indoors, she's run 24.11 for 200 and 52.55 for 400. I mean, 52.45 for the 400 indoors, like right now, I mean, that would get her, I have this handy in front of me, don't think I have this memorized. That would be eighth best in the NCAA this year, in the wow. four hundred, in the four hundred. Yeah, and I'm gonna say she could probably do even better than that now. Yeah, and the twenty, I mean twenty, twenty three sixty three outdoors for someone who's an eight hundred runner is very good. Yeah. Um. Someone to watch. Keep an eye out. You think? I mean, definitely U.S. U.S. final, right? Is possible. Oh yeah, I mean it's doable. I mean the. The U.S. 800 is, I mean, I bad, used to think it's a bad event two, to be great at. <laughs> well, I used to think sub two was impressive, but you are Mr. Like, sub two doesn't mean anything. Out there, so. Well, no, I, it does if you're 16, but it also <laughs> it also doesn't guarantee you the final um, in the U, no, in USA's well, outdoors. I mean, in the moment it will, but like there is more than eight women who can run sub two sure. in the U.S. Like, I mean, it's so it's she is absolutely in, in that mix and. Yeah, if she can, you know, keep this keep this going, I think she will go sub two for sure this year. Uh, and I think she'll yeah. go sub two next week. I yeah, think, I mean, I yeah, any the, question. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's likely. If if Ajay Wilson was in the in this race mm-hmm. on Sunday, who wins? Ajay Wilson. Okay, let's check in. Yeah, just checking. I, I will not pick against Ajay Wilson. Well, certainly in the American field in anything over four hundred meters, like yeah. four hundred to a thousand. Or 600 to 1,000. Like, she's... There's no one touching her in those. Anything else from indoors? U.S. indoors, that is? <sighs> yeah, let's see. Yeah, not... A ton else that I... Didn't talk in. much. Didn't talk much sprints. Because there weren't very many awesome sprint races. Yeah, I mean, you don't have the, you know, the, the b- biggest names there. Uh, you know, most of the stars aren't running the... Aren't running, uh, you know, 60 or whatever this year. Yeah, uh, Coleman... But, but, but generally, yeah, I mean, Coleman single-handedly made sprints interesting last year for indoors. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But you need someone like that to kind of do it. Because, I mean, indoors is, you know, it is the, the precursor to, to outdoors, obviously. But it's it's mainly, Some you know, it's, it's wheelhouse is the is middle distance. You know, yeah. that's that's the best events you get. Let's do more middle distance then. Yeah. Over in Dusseldorf, uh, Lil Britson gets Ooh. the win over Samuel Tafera. The new world record holder. Why do I know that name? Oh, yeah. (laughs) What's that? I said, why do I know that name? Oh, yeah. World record holder. Okay. Well, he just beat... Who did he beat? Uh, Yomif Kajelka. That's right. Oh, that's right. So, Ingrid Britson, by the transitive property, is better than Kajelka. Okay. Well, he's... he's, That might be... In the 1500? Yeah. I would pick him for sure. He's he's the world record holder by the transitive property. Right. Exactly. If you beat the world record holder, you get it. Well, this is pretty similar. It wasn't as fast as the... This track was tiny, by the way, like four lanes, basically run on the upstairs, like food court near a mall, essentially, right. is what this looks like. 
So only four, so the turns were real tight. So it wasn't very fast. But I mean, Ingebrigtsen passed him in the last straightaway. It looked a lot like how Tefera beat Kajelka the week before. But three three thirty six oh two. So nothing crazy fast. I don't like. There's nothing he could do this year that surprises me. He's it's like Mondo. Yeah. The, the, you just take the age thing out of it at this point. He's, no, yeah, he's too good to even worry about the, the age just adds a little like caveat of impressiveness to it but yeah it's, but it's, it's irrelevant like he ran 331 in monaco last year he's one of the best in the world that's just how, that's how it he's is he's a medal like, favorite without question yeah i, I wouldn't say he's a gold medal favorite because i think no Manigoy a, and chariot medal favorite, gonna, yeah yeah and that'll be one of the cool races to watch but it doesn't surprise me that he could beat tefera even though Tefera's a world record holder, it's just two different races, too. What Tefera did to Kajelka versus what they did in Dusseldorf. Yeah. Two, two separate things. Yeah, and also, I mean, Ingebrigtsen... I mean, Tefera's amazing, obviously, what he, he did there. But Ingebrigtsen in, in a in more of a race. Like, he, he yeah. does this in just in actual races sure. all the time. Like he And maybe he could run close to that world record, too. That wouldn't shock me. But it's just like, the dude seems like he's puts himself in like kind of a perfect spot and then just has crazy closing speed on top of it. So yeah, it's, it's, he's fun. Very, very fun to watch. Do you think anybody can be, he's trying to go for the double this weekend at euros. Yeah. I don't, I wouldn't want to pick against him. Like I don't, he's, he's the favorite in both, right? Yes. I mean, mean, he's got two brothers with him in the three K and then, Middlebritson is in the 15. Is that right? And Lewandowski, yeah, is probably the other kind of, you know, recognizable name. O'Hare is also in that 3,000. Um, but it, it, no, those are good runners. Uh, but mm-hmm. he, I, I think he's clearly better than better than them, right? I mean, he's, he's yeah. clearly better than his brothers at this point, mm-hmm. I think. Um, Something you're very familiar with. Yeah, definitely. Take that, Kyle. Um, Nailed it! <laughs> But uh, yeah, he's. I mean, you know, it's, it's obviously it's tough with to such do. Disdain for fashion. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. it's tough to run. You know, it's tough to it's tough to double up against. You know, two solid, maybe not phenomenal, but two solid fields for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I can't. I'm not going to pick against him in either one. And he's done doubles before, so like, yeah, I, I, yeah, well, I, I think he's win. I think he wins both. Well, unfortunately, that is not the main for him. That's not the main storyline heading into Euros. And it's not Laura Muir versus Coco in the 15 and mm. 3K. Instead, it is the ultimate Richard Kilty revenge race. Oh, I love this. So track. UK Athletics is just going to steal his spikes again, aren't they? So this is amazing fact of track. So, so you have a continental championship, which, okay, I'll give you a moment to chuckle about that for a second. And then you add in the fact that UK Athletics screws up the selection so badly that they send the person who gets last at their trials yep. to the 60. And they don't take the fast people, and they don't take the guy who's won the last two times. Right. So Kilty is devastated. He's been running in the low 6.6s, six which, as we mentioned last week, not too many people in Europe have run that fast this year. Yep. So what happens next? The meet itself invites Kilty to compete, and he accepts. So now... Richard Kilty will be there representing the squad that would not let him on the team. And he's going to win gold, Jason, and it's going to be amazing. And his post, I want to be in that post-race press conference. Right. So badly. 
I'm so going through. I want that audio so bad. Yeah. So I mean, there's. I mean, I'm, at least they ended up doing the right thing, even though the the process to get there was incredibly stupid. Um, letting him in because he has he's tied for the sixth fastest entry in the whole thing this year. Six sixty three. Well, yeah, I mean they let him in, but that's time. not UK Athletics. No, I mean it's just, but it's so. They, they I mean, cleaned up. The, they cleaned up the mess that UK Athletics made. Right. And so, like, I mean, that's good that it actually happened. Um, but it's just such a. I mean, it proves the fact that he he's ranked sixth this year, and you know, coming back from injury, yeah. and that he didn't earn it by the UK standards. I mean, is even more absurd when you think about. It. You go, know, okay, maybe six sixty. That does seem too fast to, to make an arbitrary standard for which you, you know, your guys have to yeah. compete. But maybe if you go through and you're like, Oh, you know what? He's, he's, he's actually like 28th this year. And you'd be yeah. like, Oh, okay. That's, that's not great. He's sixth. He's yes. finals. Yes. He yes. will make it's the ridiculous. final just based on that. Like, I mean, it's yeah. there that, that, that shows the absurdity and it's not like the, the difference between sixth and third, like meddling mm-hmm. is, is hundreds of seconds. So, no way he'd win gold. No possible way he'd win It's impossible, gold. yeah. I mean, how do you compete with Austin Hamilton and Henrik Larsson? These are the guys ahead of him. And nothing against those couple Swiss runners or Swedish runners, sorry. Um, it, it, it's, it's absurd. Um, so at least he's running. I'm happy he's running. He's the best starter in history, so much yep. so that he defies the – either that here, he's the best guesser of all time. I'm not sure. Um, but either way, it's, it's better with Richard Kilty in there. I hope he leads an insurrection – on the British team. Like, I hope in the pre-meet meeting, when the coaches are all out of there, he, like, rallies everybody to his cause, and they compete in, like, some different jersey, just because oh, they're so they're so off his, jersey, his Great Britain jersey and has authorized neutral athlete underneath. Well, no, he's, like, in there, and he's like, they can take our spikes, but they can't take our freedom! <laughs> and then they all run out, yeah, with the authorized neutral athlete jerseys on or something. Yeah. I'm in for this. I mean, hey, I you know you know how much I love Great Britain, but I love yeah. the people, not the not the organizations. No, you're a people person. Yeah, absolutely. I, yeah, this. I mean, I didn't know this was a thing. So could they just invite anybody? Yeah, who, like, I didn't get selected. Maybe. I mean, that's. Uh, I guess the I guess USATF could technically do this for a U.S. championship, right? Say, hey, this person's. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's, I mean, the guy has the best PR in the field. You know, he's, he's won it before. Like there, there was, I mean, just, just the absurdity to keep it out. I mean, yeah. They should, they should, the Olympics or world championship should invite Bolt. Right. They should, absolutely. Like they should just do that every year. Just, I'm like, hey, not, chicken right? or what? You, you don't want to do it? Okay, fine. It's like how, like, it, you know, you win, if you win like the Masters or, yeah. uh, like US, like you get a lifetime, invite where it's like you know like jack nicholas was playing in like the masters you know he'd kind of honorarily play yeah for yeah. a long time because it's like yeah like of course you should do that I mean, who cares it doesn't doesn't hurt yeah or dirk in the three-point contest yeah absolutely or Dwayne wade in the all-star game I right guess, yeah. All-star game? Yeah, yeah 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 it was like, it was like when jordan was on the on the wizards he was of course at that point jordan on the wizards was way better so, than Dwayne wade is now yeah i think he might have been a legit all-star that year yeah was, i mean it was yeah he was he was yeah it's ridiculous you look at his numbers when he was like 41 he averaged like 23 5 and 6 or something like that yeah all right just something to watch i'm saying don't rule out 
the inspection. Crazy things happen at, at Euro Indoors. Euro Indoors. Indoors. Euro Indoors. Um, we also got our Scottish friends on Twitter sent along a guide to brush up on your Ouija slang, which I guess is Scottish slang. I don't see. I feel so dumb when I talk about this stuff. It's like the island games. I don't know any of the terms. Um, but Laura Muir is like in this video on Twitter breaking all down. Oh, I got to watch this. I haven't seen this yet. Okay, so we're talking about dingied. That's one word. Do you know what dingied means? Dingied? It sounds dingied. like a ship again. I don't know. Isn't a dingy a ship? It means, hold on, let me play this again. I'm listening in one ear and listening to you in the other. Oh, you've been dumped. Oh, okay. Dingy. You got left. All right, ready for this next okay. one? This one's Gone Yourself. Gone Yourself? Scott- yeah, G A U N and then a space. Y e r s e l. This is all. This is all to help you brush up on your. I'm assuming, and then I'm assuming that sounds way cooler Glasgow. in a Scottish accent. Yeah, yeah. What What do you think it means? Gone yourself. God, I have no idea. All right. Well, let me listen to what Laura says here. Disappointed in myself. Give it your best. Oh, okay. Next one is Dreech. D r e i c h. Dreech. How well do you know your Scottish slang, Jason? Right, not very Glasgow well. Glasgow 2019 coming up. Dreech. Dreech. Take a guess. Um, let's see. Dreech. Um, it's it's putting a gap on okay. the on them a little bit, like gap okay. in the field. It's really wet. Wet. Ah, it's okay. Wet. Dreech. What's wrong with the regular? Okay, taps aff. T a p s space a f f. Taps aff. Hey, 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 your kick. I don't know. You're, you're you're sticking very long, like very, very strictly with like the running terms here. I, I am. I am. I, I don't know. It's... All right. Let me listen to what she has to say. Wait. I don't. She <laughs> she explained what it was, and I couldn't understand it because she's <laughs> so into like uh, her her Scottish accent is really coming out here. Uh, Greetin. G R E E T I N. Greetin. I mean that is almost a word. It's just a, a um, greeting. I I got nothing. I feel like I can't. Okay. Unless it's literally greeting your your people before the victory lap. I don't know. It means crying. Crying greeting. is the answer. Crying. Okay. Greeting. So you went O for all of them, Jason. Yeah, I got nothing. I mean, so. I, I, I'm I'm gonna have to watch that video. I'm gonna brush up. You know. You win. You win. No tickets to Glasgow 2019. Sorry. I wanted to go. That's on the list. That's. I think that is my. I think that plan. I, I planning to go to Scotland next year. Really, really, really wish. So you knew more of those. I mean, well, so I've got you know I've got maybe fifteen uh, ish months to, to to learn all this stuff. So that's good. Taps aff, Jason. Taps aff to you. Taps aff. <laughs> Some other news before we move on to email. Uh, Kennedy said Bekele withdrew from the Tokyo Marathon, which is this weekend. He's done, right? What was that noise? He's done, right? I mean, that's... Yeah. Um, yeah I mean, have I not been saying this for a while? No, you have. I mean, but it's like... And, and I was kind of old now. I, I think I... Last time we talked about this, last time he pulled out of a of a marathon, I think I said he would have one more fast marathon, mm-hmm. like he'd, he'd throw one more like two hundred four or something in there. But uh, 
I don't think it's I don't think it's going to happen at this point. The only you, you think it's this was the line. I think he'll yeah. I mean like because it's he's definitely like De- Dennis Kometoing at this point, right? Uh no. Well, well, I guess if you it depends. How do you define Kometoing? I mean, where you just get to the point where you just it's much more surprising if you actually like run and finish a race than if you withdraw. Oh, okay. Not okay. Yeah, if that's how you're gonna define it, I would say. I was thinking more of like just the drop off. His wasn't as precipitous as Kometo's, but if you're talking about like his current state, yeah, I think that's accurate. Uh, John Galt, our friend John, yeah, uh, on on Twitter, wrote down Bekele's marathons since 2017. Okay, so he was. Dubai, DNF, London, second, Berlin, DNF. That was 2017. And then 2018, London, he was sixth, Amsterdam, DNF, Tokyo, now DNS. So he's finished London twice. He's finished and London. That's the only one he's finished. Yeah. And was drawn then, four times. Or finished, did not finish or start four times, five times. Right. Th- three DNFs and one DNS. DNS. That's pretty I mean, bad. Yeah, it's you know I, I I hope he has I hope he's able to run like one more like the Olympics next year or something, and even if he finishes, yeah, that'd be cool or something. Like I just I hope he can I hope he can go out just running one more time. You know, I agree. He said I mean he's 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 one of the goats. Like he's on the short list of greatest runners of all time. Like he doesn't need to prove anything else. Like it's it's and the fact that he's run like the third fastest marathon, or that he's the third fastest guy ever at the marathon, right? Yeah, is like just it's something he decided to jump into it like thirty four or thirty three or whatever. Yeah. Um, after already you know world record and two in two track events like that, it, it's a crazy crazy resume. Um, yeah, just but just right a now, bummer that he can't yeah keep it keep healthy. But right now you got to be not just healthy to beat Ilya Kipchoge. You have to be extra specially healthy if you're going to be. Ilya <laughs> you have Kipchoge. to injure Ilya Kipchoge to beat Ilya Kipchoge. Like well, and that's. And it, Okay, what's his goal right now? What is his go- if his goal is to get the world record? That's no. It, he had a chance because I mean, he was close before Kipchoge yeah. Kipchoge did. Um, but that's gone yeah, now. That's completely gone. There's zero percent chance he does that. Gold um, medal gone. Gone. If if as long as Kipchoge is running, there's no chance. Um, Lon- London winning in London is gone because Kipchoge never yep. seems like he's going to leave that race. Yeah. You could maybe pick off another major marathon victory, but. Right. The fa- here's what also reminds me of the Kometoing is the mm. fact that he's like doing this in Tokyo. Yeah. That like that was Kometo like event- it's like the races got lower and lower quality to the point he's like dropping out of like the Vienna City Marathon. Right. Which is you know, I mean that's you're not now you're striking out in like double A ball. It's a baseball reference for you guys out there. And you used to be one of the best hitters of all time in the hitting department. Um, you were a five-tool hitter, and now you're not. And so, like, just when you think it it can't get more disappointing, it just reaches new lows. Basically, that's how, that's how I feel about it with him. Yeah, no, I think that's I think that's accurate, and it's it's a bar. Like I said, I just want to see him. Like I said, I don't know what he what his goal is at this point. You know, that a realistic goal for him. But uh, hey, it would be it'd be cool if he could just one run one more good marathon, even if it's not you know he's not going to be Kipchoge or do something like that. But if he could just run one more good marathon finish and just go, all right, that's, that's good. I'm done. 
Yeah, he says he's never been fully healthy for a marathon, which I which I believe. Right, I believe. But well, his that, his manager said that he's just a garbage human and has no. <laughs> well, he can't train. Doesn't doesn't work hard and doesn't commit. Yeah. But the thing with a marathon is very few people are ever fully healthy for a marathon prep, and that's part of the game. That's what's True. baked into it. Is how do you deal with it then? One more before we get to email. Noah Lyles, not going to double at USA's, which is an interesting announcement to make in February. I guess I like it that he's that yeah, up with his plans. Yeah, get out of the way. Because then, then you know. Uh, I also think if he op- he runs 100 early in the season, runs like a 980, I feel like that might change. But as of right now, just going to work on the 200. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a bummer even though I completely understand it. You know, he's he's 21. He's you know going into worlds this year, and he even said in here he he basically wants to get a gold medal first, like cinch the the gold and the two before you mm-hmm. you know try to start getting fancy and doubling up and doing all that stuff. Like I I, I understand it; it makes sense. Um, mm-hmm. He is a huge favorite in the two hundred. Like how huge. how huge? How I, I, how I, I, I mean, show me with your arms. <laughs> who's who's a bigger favorite in their event? Well, pending. Court of Arbitration of Sports decision on March 28th, Caster Semenya. Yes. Okay. Anything on the men's side? Anyone on the men's side a bigger favorite than he is? Anybody on the men's side a bigger favorite than Noah Lyles? You talking about just running events? Yeah, let's just go running. Well, mm, no. No. I don't think so. I, right? thought, I, I, thought, I thought of all of them just now, and the answer yeah. would be no. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, he's... You know his his best competition would probably be Michael Norman, who probably won't run the two. I'm right. guessing. Uh, you know Van Niekerk, who's definitely not going to run the two. Um, Guliev, Andre um, Degrasse. Degrasse. Back. This who, is the year. This is the year. Yeah, maybe uh, Usain Bolt jumping in would probably be his biggest competition. Um, yeah. So, but he is he is a massive favorite. He should win that. He wants to get a gold medal uh, out of the way. Do that dominate the two you know i want to see him in the one because it's more exciting if he is and he's one of the guys with the talent who could who could beat coleman i think i mean coleman you know might might be if, if he could picks up where he left off last year he might be close to as big a favorite as lyle's is but um i think he's one of the guys with the talent to do it so i get it slightly a bummer but i, I think like i said for for the olympics he'll be he'll be trying to double and i'm okay with that the 200 when you run through the list, if this was on the board in Vegas, mm-hmm. when you're running through it, made me think the four next favorites would probably be people who aren't even going to end up running the race, which isn't anything new for the 200. <laughs> right. But I think it's especially crazy this year because like, yeah, like a bolt comeback is more likely like five or 10 to one. It, like I, th- I, that's more likely than Guliev beating Noah Lyles to me. <laughs> well, right. Like, and that's and, nothing against Guliev, but, well, in the same thing, like, okay, who would who would be next? Probably like Norman, who's not going to run it, or yep. Coleman. Coleman's not going to run it. Yeah. So the f- like the three biggest challengers to him are probably not going to be people who end up even running because they're running other events or they're retired. Yeah. <laughs> I just think, yeah, I think, I just that's, think that's accurate. Yeah, that just speaks to the dominance in the event. I would say too. And he ran like nineteen six like four times last year. So he's consistent. He's yeah. consistent. And so I, I would bet I th- on him running nineteen five or nineteen four this year, um, and that that that'll just completely put out of reach. E- even some of those guys, you wouldn't really necessarily bet on getting there. 
Yeah, I I don't really see a way he loses. Well, Bar let injury. me. Th- yeah. Yeah. Were we just talking men's events? Who was a bigger favorite? Or can we can we throw? I, in I mean, I said in? men's. Yeah, you you threw in some men, yeah. But f- who else would you? I mean, you put in there? I'd S- Sydney. For men, for sure, he's the biggest. Yeah. But I don't know M- Miller Weibo in the quarter, but then you got yeah, Nasser. Nasser. Yeah, Nasser is too good. I think. I mean, I think Miller's the favorite, but I think Nasser's too good to to give her right. that kind of odds. I think yeah, Steeple. You never know. Yeah, no one's you don't favorite, you, you don't yeah fifteen you don't know the five and ten you have no clue who's going to yeah, show up that, there. That's wide open I think it, I think Sydney might be a as big if not bigger favorite okay. than him. That's I mean yeah I, I would severely bet on Sydney and the only reason I might give it to Lyles is because hurdles are weird, even though she's so dominant. Yeah, and like, also and she, and she'll probably set the world record, but. Yeah, and also she didn't run it. Like you've seen Lyles now through a couple full seasons, and right. he's he's fine. <laughs> he's great. Yeah. <laughs> we haven't seen that yet with her. I think she'll be fine and great. There's no reason I think she won't be. Right, but, but it's just that there's that tiny bit of unknown to it. Well, the last time we saw her internationally really was 2016 with the Olympics, which was so long ago. It seems like you have to throw that out, especially when you're that age. Yeah. 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 Exactly. She was the Ting Moose age. So. Right, yeah, which is insane. Let's go to emails. Yeah. Houseofrun at gmail.com is the email address. Oh, before we do that, Kajelka going for a mile world record this weekend. Does he do it? He's running on the 398-meter track in bus. Just kidding. Just <laughs> I don't want him to get the emails. You know what? Yes, he does. He gets it. Okay. Yeah. Jason says yes. Think so. Check the yes box. Yes box. Off. All right. Let's go to. Hmm. Where do we start here? Uh Dan from Chicago. Yeah. We'll start there in Jason's adopted hometown. That doesn't make sense. You're not. That's where I was born. Yeah. Okay. Home to actual hometown. Yeah. Long time, sixth time. Love Jason. It. You called out for someone who can explain to you the pretzel logic of UK athletics' standards. I'll be honest, on the surface, it doesn't make much sense. However, when you factor in amortization, it all works out. You're welcome. (laughs) Uh, What a perfect email. That's good. Well done. Sixth time. Crushing it. That's a deep, deep cut there. Oh, Uh, that's really good. Let's go to... Let's go to... Let's go to Sam. Uh, first time writing in. Oh, nice. Uh, he's got a couple couple points here. He wants to mention. He says, "Is University of Michigan track slow? Every performance on Friday made it seem like it was impossible to sprint fast on the track, but then finals day was fast for events like the two and the four. I know from personal experience the past four years competing, um, for the University of Nebraska, that the spire in Geneva, Ohio, was sim- was quick simply because it was a three meter track." But Michigan's track seemed overly slow. Is this the case, or am I imagining things? I know the events like the Mile and McDonald and the 5K were still good times, but sprinting seemed subpar for Big Ten expectations. Well, I wasn't, I wasn't there. I, I was commentating the meet, but I wasn't there. It's only in its second year, so it's kind of hard to get a gauge. I mean, there were some good. The men's two and the women's two were both, <coughs> excuse me, 
uh, pretty fast, but it's it's just tough to tell. I mean, there are some tracks, indoor tracks, right? They have the reputation, like Boston, right? The in, indoor one there. The the other Boston track, the one that's used for New Balance, is not known as being fast for sprints. Mm-hmm. All the tracks in the SEC seem to be quick. Texas A&M's track seems to be quick. Arkansas's track seems to be quick. In the ACC, Clemson's track is is super quick. But maybe everybody's just getting faster. So I don't know. I'm, I'm probably the wrong person to ask about how quick the track is. Uh, here's one for you, Jason. Yeah. Metal odds. Okay. Silver or better. Uh, silver or better odds for Brazier at 2019 Worlds. Hmm. Said American record in the six and the eight, and it's only February. It seems like it's really early for a meet so late, but this year, uh, but this is a year, uh, a year-long schedule, the likes of which we haven't seen before. So I'm sure we will see people peak multiple times this year. Career, Saruni, Murphy, all post competition and really good competition at that. Do you see Brazier beating at least two of them come October? Hmm, that's good. I mean, yeah. So you go, you go. Career is the favorite overall. Right, I mean, not a guarantee, but but a favorite. Uh, Saruni, Murphy, Brazier, they're all right there. I mean, Brazier, like I said, if he can break through the whole weird rounds thing and everything, which I think he will, you know, it's just something that probably you need to get some reps at to, to be better at. Silver seems pretty good. I, I think, I think like two to one or five to two for, for Silver or better. Wait, two to one. What does that work out to percentage wise? So, two to one would be like getting, um, you get two dollars for every dollar you bet plus your plus your money back. So it's like a standard a fifty fifty would be like a one to one. So this that would be like a thirty three percent chance. Okay. Um, or five to two, which would be like two and a half to one. Um, so you're saying he has a thirty three percent chance to medal? To well, it's silver or better. Oh, so I, I think he's I think he's be- slightly better than that to medal. Okay, I think eh, okay. I think in that range. Yeah, that may be a little ambitious because it's the eight, but also because it's the eight, you don't know what's going to happen with Saruni and Career. That that's the thing is those guys. I mean, Career, you know, he is he has separated himself as far as like times and, and mm-hmm. you know what he's done, but he still he's not you know he's not Rudisha and and Rudisha is a or Semenya for that matter. Like where that's a complete outlier. Like that eight hundred's usually not like that, where there's sure. someone who can just be so like so much better than everybody, and it's yeah. and they're basically unbeatable. Um, and that also, you could say, hurts Brazier's odds slightly because of the unpredictability and that he hasn't done it yet. So I, I may be a little high on him, but I think mm-hmm. I think this is like the breakthrough for Brazier. Um, but it'll be okay. interesting. I mean, you know, him and Murphy, I mean, he has someone just in the U.S. who's, you could say, his equal or has already, you know, technically accomplished more than he has. His final point, he says, how about a Ting Mo? 16 years old and she's running times I've watched collegiate men run at the Devaney Indoor Track here in Lincoln. 123 for a 600 is mind-blowing for a woman, let alone a 16-year-old. Is this someone that is going to have to be seriously monitored for the coming calendar year or two about being a threat to big names like Roger Semenya Wilson? I hesitate to put her in a list of those names, but 123 is unbelievable. Yeah, I mean, she already beat Rogers. Yeah, so. I was say, not Semenya and Wilson, but in that next tier down from that group. So, I mean, Semenya's her own group, and then... Aji Wilson and, you know, Nian Saba and Wambui or whoever is the next group. And then she's in the group after that. This this race that she just ran is going to get the most attention because it was it was a U.S. championship. 
Mm. And there was a record attached to it. But what she does when she runs the next 800 is actually going to be more significant because it's going to be in a race that actually matters right. in terms of the distance. And then you're going to really get, going, to get, going to get a really good marker. Because I think what's going to happen is, like you said, she's going to run a, what was it, 158? Yeah, 158, 159 at least. I mean, yeah. Right? So once she runs that, okay, well, then then you can properly categorize her in those tiers that Jason's talking about. So that's actually going to be more meaningful. Because it, the world lead right now is 158.6 by Ajay Wilson. Right. I mean, if Mo does that, then, okay, then are you saying, okay, well, she's right next to Wilson, right? So Wilson then, you said Wilson's in the second tier behind Semenya? I think that's fair, yeah. Right. So then you can properly put her in her spot. I mean, only, now, it's indoor, whatever, say what you will about that. Only eight women have broken two this year. Yeah. Yeah, and, and you know, uh, she could do it indoors. I think I think certainly she'll do it outdoors. Um you really but, have a question that she'll be able to do it in like a week and a half? Like, uh, not really. I mean, like, I don't, I don't think that'll a be a problem. I think she'll do it pretty easily. Um, yeah. But it's, you know, we'll, we'll see, yeah, what she ends up running. But, uh, yeah, you, I mean, you said outdoors is going, I mean, 800 in general is going to mean more because, hey, I think we're running 800 at the trials, Bill. I mean, that's just a little more yeah, yeah, that's important, what I'm clearly. Um, and maybe she's <clears throat> better fit for the 600 than the 800. Um, but either way, I think she's, yeah, could run 159, 158 indoors. Uh, if she's 157, 158 outdoors, that I mean, that immediately puts her in the Raven Rogers, everybody, like everybody else who's not those clear, like, metal favorites. Yeah. Like, she's in that next group who could, you know, make a team and, and be in a final kind of thing. Yeah. And depending on what Kaz does in March, there may not be Semenya. Yeah. I mean, that would... Our, our world champs this open year. Open things so up that, significantly. Well, then, yeah, then there's no... that. The first year is gone. The first tier is gone. Yep. It's gone. And then she wins the gold medal. Done. Solved it. <laughs> it's that easy. Checkmate. Uh, he says, apologies for such a long email. Oh, that wasn't a long email. I've read some long emails in my day. <laughs> uh, he said he's been listening for a year and I've had so many thoughts, want your input on, but never got around to actually asking you guys about them. Hope to hear about some of these this upcoming week. Uh, always a pleasure listening to you guys. I'll definitely keep listening to my favorite weekly running podcast, the only podcast I listen to. <laughs> nice. So thank you, thank you. Uh, I was in Lincoln for uh, Big Ten Cross. Oh, and he's a university, a former University of Nebraska sprinter. Right, right, yeah. So that's yeah. cool. Probably the f- one of the faster people that listen to our show. Got to be up there. If not the fastest, right? Right up there with Julian. Uh, <sighs> one of the quickest. Yeah. Let's go to Corey from Kansas. Yeah. I don't know exactly how they measure tracks to be the correct lengths. <laughs> That's an awesome opening sentence. I'm in. <laughs> I'm in. But if Kajelka's 200 in New York was more than 0.88 centimeters longer than El Garouge's track, Kajelka missed out on the world record. This is a 0.0044% tolerance. Reminds me of 1985 when Syed Oida broke Dave Moorcraft's 5,000 record by 0.01. There, the track should have been accurate within 0.51 centimeters or 0.0013%. That's Detail I below. like this a lot and because it's the difference. I mean, I believe tracks are the you know are the right distance even when we make jokes about some really fast tracks, but 
it's like you could still be the right distance and be you know a, a third of a centimeter like sure that, that's that, that seems like a margin for error that would generally be accepted but it's mm-hmm. funny within these you know with these records when you get within a hundredth or you know a tenth or something it, especially in a longer race where you're doing you know several laps yeah it, that could be the difference between setting a record and it's it's something i never really considered but like I said, because I believe tracks are correct, but yeah, are they correct to, you know, tenths of centimeters? I don't know. Guessing not. Right? Probably Which, not. It's, it's so just what the way they're, even, they're put so, together, even if they were built correctly or, you know, whatever. So what does any of it mean then? Right? That's What right. are we all doing here? Right? That's, well, we Why is there the length of a meter. So, but what if? <laughs> Why do we even have an American record song? You know, that's true. And this was the end of the podcast for the old we, boys. <laughs> we should have a we should have a tolerance level song, right? <laughs> Harrison, yeah, from Minneapolis, not St. Paul, writes in. One, we all have that one idiot friend who will do anything for ten dollars. Mm. So on that really cold day a month ago, when the wind chill was negative fifty. He was bet $10 he wouldn't run half mile outside in only shorts and shoes. Ooh. And the guy actually did it. But of a couple course. days later, when he realized he did, in fact, get frostbite on his thumb, he admitted it probably wasn't worth it. Two. So, and this was probably from me living in Las Vegas in California for the past 20 plus years of my life. So frostbite, I mean, I know kind of what it is, but like, I guess I don't know the extent. So if you get frostbite on your thumb, is that something that just like... Gets, goes away goes away like after a couple days like I, I honestly don't it's something you know obviously you hear about so much and yeah but i don't really know the extent to which frostbite and are the, i mean i'm guessing there's different degrees of frostbite i don't know yeah well it must be worse than getting ten dollars like it's not worth ten dollars i wouldn't think so no according that seems... to harrison's friend so that'll give you a basin i've never had it either uh i imagine it just is very painful Oh, here's the, the what are the three stages of frostbite? Here we go. That's uh, numbness and tingling. Um, yeah, this is too much. The three stages of frostbite. All right, this is this is just interesting. I don't know. I I, I mean, like I said, I haven't been uh, subject to this, which I appreciate. But I'm just, I you know, it doesn't seem like it seems like something that does go away. I imagine that's very uncomfortable and, and painful. Two. My girlfriend and I both got the Delta American Express credit card and the sign-on bonus gave us each a free round trip to Europe. After taxes and fees and a rebate, it's only costing $12 for us to go to Europe and back. Wow. This is smart. Well, and if he could find somebody else to bet him $10 to run outside, (laughs) it would only cost him $2. That's true. Airbnbs are pretty cheap out there, too, so this is actually cheaper than a Florida trip we'd done in the past. And obviously, I planned the trip around the Diamond League. We're flying to Zurich for part one of the finals and then taking a train to Brussels for part two. We just bought tickets for the Brussels meet, row five in the home stretch. Don't worry, Kevin. I'll write an oral history when it's all said and done. (laughs) That's Harrison. P.S. I nominate Chief and his new friend for the Craigslist Missed Connections End of Year Award. (laughs) I hope this doesn't mean he's – because Harrison, remember, is going to be at USA's by the finish line. That's when I'm going to present him with his shirt. So I hope this doesn't mean he's scratching on USA's. You've got to go to Europe to give him a shirt, to Kevin. G- to give him a shirt. Speaking of misconnections, it'd be incredible. Uh, let's go to Yolo, who writes in and says, I've been listening to the pod for six months and loving it, but I'm a first-time emailer. 
Love it. I've never really competed as a runner, but because but became a track fan after watching Breaking Two. Holy crap, that worked. <laughs> it actually <laughs> Breaking worked. Breaking two worked. Thank you, Kevin Hart. <laughs> it was all you. That's the first time someone said thank you, Kevin Hart, for a couple months. <laughs> and since then please don't please don't take that out of context. No, <laughs> yes, that was strictly meant in the breaking two sense and yeah. Nothing else. And since then I've been deeply in love with Ilya Kipchoge. I live in London and really want to watch him race in April. Any tips for a first-time marathon spectator? Mm. I think our London listeners will probably give you, like, good spots for it, you know? Yeah, I think that's what you need because it's course by course, and I think that's the... On top of the Cuddy Sark in the the crow's nest is my recommendation. Yeah, try try to climb into the Cuddy Stone. I was thinking about what you said about records being broken within records. Our Laura split 401.83 for 1,500 on the way to her 418.75, beating her own British record of 402.39. Should this count or not? It's the fastest time ever run for that distance, so shouldn't that be the definition of a record regardless of the context? Though maybe it's like Inception and time goes slower for a record within a record, and in fact, that (laughs) 1500 took a few hours. Who knows? Here's her tweet about it. British record times two 1500-meter split in my mile race today was a new record, too. Last to leave the stadium tonight after anti-doping. Thanks so much for all the messages. That's what she said. Uh, keep up the good work. That is Yalo. It's Welsh. Nice. Well, thank you for the email. I like this. And this is, yeah, this we were talking about last week with the record within a record. I mean, I certainly don't have a problem with, with Laura going, yeah, I, I broke my own record within this race because that's even more difficult to do, presumably. Yeah. I don't know. You seemed yeah, more it's... on the side that this shouldn't be the case. Well, okay, 1,500 to, this was a mile, right? Yeah, I'm assuming. I mean, that's 109 meters apart, so that's not it's real too close. uncommon. It's more, my problem is more when you, you break the 5K record en route in a 10K. Right. The difference is that, a lot. So um, you're, you're also okay with like the 20K in the half marathon or something like that? I, get, I, just, I don't think we need the 20K record I mean, I, written, I agree written down at all. Just <laughs> get rid of that entirely. That's a fair point. May, yeah, maybe I shouldn't have been such an absolutist on this because 15 in mile is fine. And usually they have the timing system set up so they can catch both but right it was more to uh take away for um the whole intermediate 10k to 15k spots i mean you think about it it makes sense like especially with the 1500 in the mile you get a really you get a good track get a good field get a well-paced race makes sense you could set it on the way right yeah, miss time, miss time your kick a little bit, go through the fifteen hundred really fast, and then just die the last hundred. Makes sense. And you could also make the argument that it's kind of ridiculous that we have two distances in track that are so close and that they're run separately. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, in wh- whichever one you want to say, like, should be the correct thing. I mean, should it be just be the sixteen hundred, whatever? But it's like it's kind of crazy that the you know the fifteen hundred and the mile can exist as separate events, and you kind of I think you want the best performance of those like saved because just because it's like, Oh, just because this happened to be a different race on or different, you know, slightly different distance on basically the exact same race. Like Mm -hmm. you still want to like say, Oh, you you were the best on this day. So it should still count. Does that make sense? That was a clumsy way of saying that. No, no, no. I'd be, I'd I'd be for that. Ryan from Wisconsin. He says the very thorough email last week from St. Paul reminds me of my own story of the 2014 polar vortex in Minneapolis. A freshman run clubber at the University uh, U of M, 
which I'm guessing is Minnesota. Uh, class had been canceled due to the extreme cold, but our always optional running club practice hadn't been canceled. I put on all my layers to walk a little over a mile to the indoor track from my dorm. Pretty much the whole team made it out, and we got in a solid 10 times 400 per my training log. Then the dining hall had closed early due to the cold and most of campus being shut down except for the indoor track somehow. So a couple seniors fed the freshman piles of pasta. I finally ended up walking back to my dorm at 8 or 9 p.m. in the dark as the temperature was rapidly dropping. I ended up with a solid layer of ice over my face mask and hat the next day in training. My day, the next day in my training log is a big fat zero. Uh... Oh, he's talking about Chavez's pod. He interviewed because uh, we more more pub for Chavez. Uh, he interviewed Jared Ward recently, and I'd like Jason to guess what goal Jared Ward has written on his mirror to look at every morning. Sub two ten, two oh nine. Love it. Good That's for you. All. Jared Looking Ward. forward to hearing your recap at USA's. See, I'm not the only one, guys. Want this? Everybody wants it to happen. Let's go to George from Birmingham in the UK. Yeah. After listening to your thoughts on the GB Euro indoor team, I thought I'd send in my view as a British athletics fan. Looking at the squad, quite simply, I'm confused, particularly when looking at the men, the men's side. It's a home championships, and it's certainly far enough away from Doha to be able to peak now and then peak again in the autumn. So why do so many of our top athletes not want to compete? No disrespect to a lot of the top Brits who have chosen not to compete in Glasgow, but a lot of them are not medal contenders in Doha, but certainly are in Glasgow. So surely they should take the opportunity to win a medal in front of the home crowd because who knows how many times they'll get that chance again. And surely a European medal may give them the confidence to kick on and have a, oh, I like that reference, to kick on and have a good outdoor season too. For example, I genuinely think that the list of men who have decided not to compete would win more medals than the team that are going. There are four men in the top three of the 2019 European indoor rankings and only one is competing, Andy Bouchard in the 3000. The other three are Reese Prescott, Josh Kerr, and Thomas Staines. All of them ranked number one this year, 60, 15, and 800, respectively. I understand why Staines can't be there as he's in the middle of an NCAA season, but Prescott and Kerr have both done full indoor seasons and ran in Birmingham last weekend. How much harm can one more competition do to their outdoor plans? I would have sent a much strong. The women have sent a much stronger team with all five who are in the top three of this year's rankings competing. Plus, Muir is ranked 7th in the 3,000, and Johnson Thompson does not have a pentathlon ranking, and both will presumably medal. Not sure why it is the men seem to think that a home Euro indoors is so much less important than the women. Personally, I see it as a good stepping stone for the outdoor season ahead and a chance to win a medal in front of your home crowd and make a name for yourself. As for the 60 selection standard, I agree that it's completely mental. That's a good, good one, too. Thankfully, European Athletics has since seen the light and given Kilty a special invite. Why the back-to-back European indoor champ was overlooked in the first place, I have no idea. Neam Emerson is another who had to receive an invite. Personally, I think the World Junior Gold Medalist and Commonwealth Bronze Medalist from last year and the number 4-ranked European pentathlete indoors should be selected anyway. In the 60, British Athletics quite simply set the bar too high or low, depending on which way you're looking at it. And if that's their mentality, they may as well have only sent Farah, Muir, Ennis, and the relay teams to the past few Olympics and World Championships. Apologize for a bit of a rant, but I and many other Brits feel it is necessary, and I think your comments in the last podcast show that you think so too. <laughs> Thanks for making all my runs more enjoyable, long runs more enjoyable, excuse me, with a, uh, with a podcast. We'll be in touch again soon. That is George from Birmingham. Well, thank you for the thoughtful message. I mean, you're, I mean, it's not a rant, 
I think it's just reasonable to to expect those things. When it comes to them competing, yeah, I mean, there's more, I mean, a greater chance at a medal here than at Doha, obviously, because the competition is drastically different. I also think you should probably do it just because the season is so long. I don't think that's a problem in mm. terms of doing it. And from a marketability standpoint, yeah. I agree with them. That might also that might be the biggest one, right? Because we may not in the United States care that much about this meet, and maybe even in some places in Europe, or even in the insular track community. Oh, European indoors versus outdoors, a Diamond League outdoors. It's not even close in terms of level of competition. But for the people watching, especially in the home games, like you mentioned, it's a big deal. Yeah. So, and it's going to be on TV and people are going to mention about it because it's countries versus countries and medals are being rewarded. So I think from that perspective alone, if, if you could do it, you probably would want to do it and it would be worth altering your racing plans to make sure you're there. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree completely. I think it's especially the guys who and women who are very, very, very unlikely to medal outdoors. It's like getting the medal from the yeah yeah okay the european championships aren't the world championships and they're not the olympics but like i don't know at the end of my career it would still be pretty cool to have that medal like mm-hmm. as one of the accomplishments of of your career and hey I, I i can understand you know i would it would be awesome if everybody ran indoors but i can understand if you're one of the absolute superstars of the sport and you're expecting yeah. you know and you're you're gonna earn some outdoor medals and like major things that you plan your season very carefully and you may not want to do indoors but certainly for that next tier below, it, it does surprise me as well. Um, I know it's a long season and yeah. it's, it, it's work and all that, but I don't know. I, I, I think as an athlete, and I can only say this as a, you know, mediocre, never even close to this level of athlete, uh, that I would have totally wanted to run in these kind of scenarios. Certainly if I was, you know, even if I had an outside shot, um, of a European medal, um, of course, if I was, if, you know, member of the great Britain's team, I wouldn't get sent anyway. So it probably, would yeah, have a chance yeah maybe you would because you could get last that's true that's maybe they're doing it so that we all believe that anything is possible right that you two you could get last and still make the team <laughs> it's a clever pr move by them cranston up next he's a gentleman i just finished a book called it doesn't have to be crazy at work written by the leaders at of base camp Throughout the book, which is basically a series of two- to three-page articles on what they've done to make Basecamp a successful company and a great place to work, the authors intersperse drawing of successful, drawings of successful people in various fields and examples of how these people keep their work from getting quote-unquote crazy. The next-to-last drawing was Yuki Kawuchi. See attached picture. The last drawing in the book was Oprah. The caption is, quote, Japanese marathon runner Yuki Kawuchi, who won the 2018 Boston Marathon, trains just once a day because he has a full-time government job and believes in respecting his body's natural mileage limit, end quote. Of course, we all we know that Yuki later quit his government job to train full-time. Whatever respect he has for the body's mileage limit, he clearly doesn't have for the body's marathon completion limit, which perhaps he's trying to prove doesn't exist. Does this bother you, like, Jason? Like, this is happening several times where I'm, like, reading a book, like a nonfiction book, and they, they make some example and they use something I know, Mm-hmm. And it's kind of off. And yeah. then I'm like, well, did they do that the whole time? Yeah, it's. I, I definitely understand what you mean. I think that's you know, it's a, it's a problem you see like if you're really into something like like you know we are with running or 
you hear about people with I like when movies come out and they're based like on a specific profession or something like that, and the yeah. people who are actually within that profession are like, well, yeah, this but they're annoying. Yeah, yeah, like this isn't accurate, and it's like, yeah, I know, but you guys are point two percent of the population, so most people don't really care that this one little part wasn't accurate. So I mean, we're probably mm-hmm. even though we're kind of the target for it too. It's it's a weird dynamic. Okay. You know it's what I mean? Just me. Is that yeah, I don't I no, I mean I but I, I feel the same way, but it's it is it reminds me of that same kind of thing where, you know, it's people people who are closest to it are going to be able to find the you know, find more holes in it or, you know, just be bothered by it. In other news, Mike Mustak has signed a one year deal with an option to play for the Milwaukee Brewers because of guaranteed buyouts, etc. This means Mustakas is set to make at least $16.5 million over 2018-19, which could increase to $24.5 million from 2018-20. The $16.5 million guaranteed, however, is less than the $17.4 million one-year qualifying offer that Mustakas turned down at the end of 2017. It's rough these days to be a baseball free agent, though Mustakas still makes more than all but how many track and field athletes, and he gets medical treatment paid for when he gets injured. Uh, I'd say he gets paid more than all everybody. Well, Bolt. I, th- I mean, yeah, and he's not even endorsement. Accurate. You know, he's not even a track and field athlete at this point. Right. Soccer. So, I, I think everybody else in the sport, right? He's he's got to be bigger than, like, making more money than. Sure. Just on a per yeah. year basis, sixteen million. Oh, I don't think there's yeah. no one on track, even with endorsements, making that. No. In still other news, for the second straight season, Lon Kruger's Oklahoma Sooners are floundering down the stretch after a good start last season with Phenom Trey Young. Kruger's squad started 15-2 and before losing 12 of 18, including its first round Big 12 and NCAA tournament games. This season, his team started 11-1 and and is just 5-9 and since. Looks like he's following the insert track analogy about fast starters who fade, thinking of Safa Powell in the 800 or Alfred Kipketer in the 2016 Rio 800 final. In still other news, Zion Williamson broke through his shoe on a cut and suffered an apparently mild knee injury in the first minutes of Duke's loss in North Carolina on Wednesday. This obviously led me and Darren Ravel and Sarah Germano, well, big name there, Sarah Germano, to think of Ilya Kipchoge at Berlin. Ilya, of course, still won the race. Kipchoge, the true and better Zion. (laughs) I like that. That's a good tag. Yeah, that's that is good. And uh yeah, Sarah Germano, Cranston, that's 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 some good names right there. It's a good combo. The other guy, take it or leave it. But yeah, that's fine. Yeah. Uh I watched that game and I turned it on and to see I haven't watched a game with Zion all year and I wanted to see it, and then he was already off the court and it was a bummer. He is an insane physical specimen. Like he is some of the stuff he does just like physically on yeah. the court are like, and he has, he has that similar thing to like LeBron when LeBron was like 18, where they already mm-hmm. look like a 35 year old man. Like just yeah. like a, just like, Oh yeah, you're already just so much bigger and like stronger. And it, it, there's none of that like lankiness or like, Oh, he needs to fill out. It's like, no, he's already just insane. So hey, he I American th- records. I don't think so, but I think okay. I do want the bulls to win the lottery. So yeah. That was just a pitch to get him. And then when he goes to like the Lakers, you're like, he's terrible. And oh, hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, I'll, no, yeah. I mean like okay. he's, he's insanely talented and who knows, you know, there's more to basketball than just athleticism, but, uh, he's, he's fun to watch. There was a, I don't know if you saw the, the kind of viral clip that went around a couple weeks the ago, block, where yeah. he blocked, yeah. which was overrated. That's my take. That oh was overrated. man. That was pretty insane. No, it's terrible defense too. The guy, all he needs to do is head fake. 
and Zion goes into the third row. Well, he didn't head fake because Zion was in the paint when he started the shot. You, you see the guy coming at you. You, you could he, he like bobbled the ball too. I look. I know it's a contrarian position, but I'm going to take it because basketball is dumb. We all realize that. So Uh-oh. who cares? See, so you guys going, don't know about this. Uh, Kevin is is officially out on the NBA now because because of the Spurs recent play. Uh, he decided to swear off of it yesterday. It's been it's been a lot of texts. It's been 24 and so, hours, and, and he's he's really struggling. So you know, just don't send him anything. You know, any texts about the Spurs unless unless they're positive and and um, you know when they yeah. they start winning again because it's it's rough. Just just don't because I want to be able to check my phone without news. Is. No, I just no one had the take that the block was overrated. So I. <laughs> being strategic, have decided to stake out that ground. Because I, mean, I literally... You need somebody on the other side of the argument in today's culture, so and I will be that person. Yeah, you're Stephen A. Smith and Skip Bayless in it. I, I respect that. Yeah. I haven't thought of... I, I mean, the way to criticize, I guess, would be to say it's bad defense. I mean, that's one, but I, I you just kind of poked holes through that, so I actually need to think of a better reason why it was not good. <laughs> I, um, as far as just a, a display of athleticism, it was very impressive. I mean, that's Ash Neaton did that ten times. In well, that's what I'm saying. It, it was, you know, the just the 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 amount of explosive in this stuff. It, it was similar to an Ash Neaton type thing where you just go, oh, like because he is, you know, Eaton, even you know, compared to the best athletes in the world, does mm-hmm. you know just like jumps over a wall accidentally. Sure. Um, th- this was you know similar to that in the sense of like, oh, I don't know who else in the world. Like there's there's a very small number of NBA players who could who could have done that. I think. Yeah. And he's, you know, he's still in college, but I think there's only a couple guys in the in the league who might have actually been able to do the same thing. Right, because they've learned how to play defense, so they know to close out, right? <laughs> Fundamentals, Jason, they got to know the fundamental. That was like a weird kind of Dick Vitale, yeah, kind of like Dick a Vitale get off. And, yeah. I actually used to be able to do a good Dick Vitale when I was younger, like before I went through puberty, I could mm. do a good Dick Vitale. I could do a good changed. Pee-wee Herman before puberty, but Really? Yeah, so I think that that assailed all right, let's go to. We still got a bunch to get through here. This will be a long one. Uh, Ron, yeah, from near Pensacola, Florida. Okay, you ever been to Pensacola, Jason? Haven't been to Florida at all. Okay, neither have I. Yeah, so it makes two of us. Yeah, looking forward to the breakdown of USATF indoors from this weekend. Couple of valuable data points uh, for Jason or Kevin or Jason. See, a lot of people don't know who we are. That's true. They think they mix up our names. So this is Kevin's voice. Yep, and this is Jason. Kevin, Kevin's Kevin's the guy who you know who starts off all the shows and kind of asks the questions, and I'm the the guy who stumbles over words and uh, yeah. makes up we, sayings that don't exist. We get a lot of like some when I've met some listeners. Sometimes they're like, "So you're the one from Las Vegas?" I'm like, "No, no, <laughs> no." I mean, yes, before at some point, not, yes, but not now. Anyway, so he says the seventh gen iPod is slightly bigger than the Nano, has Bluetooth, and fits in the pocket of any water bottle with a pouch. Mm. Connect it to Aftershock's titanium headset, and you're set. Does not cover the ear at all, so as safe as there is. You're welcome. Hmm. I'm going to have to do. I'm gonna have to actually take up people up on this. Yes, yeah, I'm telling you, it's, it's, a good, it's a good call. I'm falling behind on podcasts, and I need to start running, so two birds, one stone. Uh, a little track t- trivia from the mid-'70s. I was at Hammond High in Indiana... When Rudy Chapa, Tim Keogh, and Kerry Pinkowski were the one, two, and fourth best two milers in the country. Wow. My blazing 903 for one and a half miles in PE class got me an invite from the coach, Dan Candiano. Great to watch them run, especially Rudy. Re- really enjoy the podcast. Uh, keep it going. That is Ron. 
I mean, that's a imagine you're in a high school and one, two, four in the nation. I mean, there's some dominant high school programs now. Yeah, but that's that's nuts. Um, Rudy Chapa obviously went on to to great acclaim, and Kerry Pinkowski, director of the Chicago Marathon, dropped the most fire marathon quote ever. Go to Berlin. He, go to Berlin if you want to run fast. Wow. But then he got Pacers. A I love it. Later. Yeah. Pretty good stuff. That's a good. That's a good tie-in. I I was not thinking of that, but yeah, you're absolutely right. Got to give credit where it's due. Uh, let's go to Brian Wilson, who's not the Beach Boy. Mm. Um, I keep thinking one one week it's going to be the Beach Boy, but yeah. Hey guys, I'm currently sitting at the Illinois Club Relay indoor track meet, and about an hour ago, the announcer said, "All right, people, time for 14 heats of the men's miles. Let's do this." <laughs> Heat 7 just concluded, oh. where I would have gone head-to-head against Jay, but I strategically injured myself again by going straight from zero workouts a week to three workouts a week. So once again, I have been sidelined. Jay achieved his goal of breaking five minutes in the mile with a cool 459.9. However, his nice. time was slower than the time I ran three weeks ago, so that's where we stand. However, Jay did manage to jump an honest 1.75 meters in the high jump, breaking my four-year-old record. So now the rivalry extends to the field as well. This was shortly after my indoor 4x8 record came down, and I have a feeling the 4x4 record I set at Cedarville will be broken too. So in one day, I will have been completely wiped from the record books. They could have at least waited until I graduated in a few months, but hey, your worst day at a track meet is still better than your best day not at a track meet, I think. <laughs> Happy running. <laughs> uh, that is Brian. That's All right. That's awesome. 14 heats of the mile. Let's do this. That's a good one. I love it. Yeah, and I... I like that they he's got the high jump in there. That I mean, we all tried the different jumping events a little bit when we used to host the Police Olympics. I know we've brought this up on the show before. Um, oh yeah, yeah. And and I I still feel like I could have been one of the great uh, triple jumpers of our time, but it's a it was a missed opportunity. Of all time, really? Yeah, I was up there. No, I mean I was I was kind of better than most of the cross country team, which was not a uh, super high bar for for high jump and and uh, triple jump. <laughs> Let's go to. Well, we got a couple left. So we got the news. We got a world record song that I got our intro. Yep. And then we got a voicemail from Chief. Yep. Uh, we got one here. We'll go to Thomas, the high school runner from York, PA. Yeah. And then we'll go to uh, our last full email. It says running in the cold of Pennsylvania is a roller coaster one day in January. It can be 60, and three days later, it can be 20. I choose to go with leggings and gloves. No preference on long sleeves or short sleeves. But if I'm wearing a short sleeve shirt, I have arm sleeves if that's cold. Although the other day it was 60 degrees and I went with the old-fashioned no shirt because it felt so nice, but the pants stayed with me. Uh, he said Mondo broke another record. He's talking about Mondo tying the indoor collegiate record, which I'm being completely honest didn't shock anyone. We knew it was going to go, but now it's a question how high. Uh, oh, Jason thinking he wouldn't go to LSU was a very bad move. That was See, me that was again. <laughs> again, guys, this, this is Just Kevin's remember, voice. Kevin's always the one who's wrong, and then... I'm the other guy. <laughs> uh, I tweeted at the House of Run Twitter account right before the 1500 in Dusseldorf saying that if anyone thinks that Samuel Tavera was going to lose that race and they were crazy, <laughs> well, it turns out I'm crazy and that Lil Britson kid is pretty good at going fast. Does this change a lot of people's minds about him being a medal favorite for Doha or possibly even a gold medal favorite? I don't think this puts him at gold quite yet, but it makes me feel a lot better about his odds for at least bronze. This wasn't a world record race, but it was still fast and he beat the fastest man in the world. The 1500 final also won't be world record pace, but have a cracking finish. I guess we'll just need to see him win a slow championship style race against people outside of Europe. 
and then I think we will have our answer. F, uh, and if I hear anything about Jacob Ingerbertson being the best distance runner in the world, I'm going to lose it then because he'll get hurt. Uh, so, oh, he says, weekly challenge. Sam Kendricks, as we all know, went undefeated in 2017 in the pole vault and won the world champs. His 2018 season was also a success and holding the world lead to the pole vault until this mono guy decided to jump second all-time. Although he had a good season, he was not undefeated. Name the Diamond League meets. He did not win in the Volta, who did win. Bonus points if you name the winning height. No cheating. Looking Oof. ahead of time, please. Yeah, I have no idea. There's no way. Yeah, I <gasps> I wish I could. I know he didn't win World Indoors <clears throat> that year in the beginning of 2018. I think that's where his streak was snapped, actually. But I will uh, take the L, as the, as the youth say. Yep, I got it on that well. one. Uh, let's go to <clears throat> our Island Games correspondent. Excuse yeah. Me. Liam from Shetland. He says he was delighted to hear Chris from the Isle of Man's email last week and will defer to him on all matters Island Games. Here's why I have to confess that I'm actually Liam from England, but now in Shetland. A sign-off I won't be using because people playing the House of Run oh, drinking game mind. already suffer enough. <laughs> no, nope, you get it. You get to decide it, Jason. <laughs> so I haven't had any personal involvement in the game, let alone had my parents be part of the birth of it. It also does make me wonder how many other islanders are out there listening. Can we put together a House of Run Island Games squad? Again, and I'll do my I want an Island Games shirt from I want like a yeah. Milwaukee shirt, a Shetland shirt. Like I'm on like two video shows a week here. I'm not saying it's it's going to make you famous and you're going to get like loads of publicity, but I mean it'll get some camera time. Right. And then Jace, Jason will wear it on stage at like a uh, comedy show with Hannibal Burris and stuff. <laughs> Who knows what'll happen? Just uh, shirt. We want we want merchandise, right? Yeah, and if they have like if if at the Island Games, um, if they have swag there, you know, I just want to kind of if even if you take pictures of, it, I just want to see kind of what the Island Games swag looks like. Well, and I'll take any. I don't even need. It doesn't even need to be Island Games stuff. Just anybody. Yeah. Like, track clubs from around the the country, glad gladly take it. I want my entire wardrobe. Look. I wear a lot of just plain white T-shirts. I'm going to be honest, right? Because I don't dig to that bottom level level of my dresser. Mm. So a lot of times it's like a white T-shirt and then like a hoodie over it. So I could use for some new new wardrobes. And it would be my dream to have only track and running club related shirts. And all I need to get to is about six because then I just rotate it throughout for I do laundry. Yeah, that's true. You're asking for money for donations to you know children's <laughs> cancer. And I'm just begging for free shirts. <laughs> That's another way you know which one's going to I enjoyed your discussion of Britain's chronic self-inflicted selection problems. Perhaps next time you have a quiet week, you can devote a whole episode to the history of British shooting, Britain shooting itself in the foot in athletics anyway. Please no Brexit talk. We have enough of that. The Brits aren't happy to let American media have the stranglehold on spuriously comparing athletes from other sports to Usain Bolt. Swansea City player Daniel James scored a great goal in his side's FA Cup win over Brentford recently, picking up the ball in his own half and running the length of the pitch very quickly, importantly, before finishing the chance. Bolt's displays for Central Coast Mariners suggest Daniel James is a considerably better football player than him. But the official FA Cup Twitter account begged the question, who did it better? clocking him as getting from one end of the pitch to the other in 9.4 seconds. The longest a football pitch can be is 120 meters, and given James picked it up around 20 meters from his own goal and finished maybe 10 meters out, this time could very charitably be given for a 90-meter sprint. So the big question is this. While James may not be the better sprinter than Bolt, 
should Yin's Mon be seeing if he's eligible to run for them at the <laughs> Island Games? All the best. Liam from Shetland. Hashtag beat Orkney. That's, uh, yes. yeah. I mean, get whoever you can for the Island Games. Absolutely. I mean, let's see. Um, Yin's Mon. What is, y- is Y-N-S-M-O-N? I'm probably saying that wrong. Yeah. I, oh, I mean, oh. And I have no idea. Uh, oh, it's an island in Wales. Oh, I like that the, oh. the first response to this um, has someone superimposed Bolt into that, like his 100 meter. You click on, just click on the tweet and just see the first one down, and it's it's pretty hilarious, actually. Bolt, Bolt just crushes him? Yeah. I mean, it's it's obviously just like a goofy Photoshop, but it's it's really well done. Oh, yeah. Someone goes, wait, hold on. Oh. Oh, he kicked it in. Of course. That's impressive. Yeah, I I I have to agree. Bolt would probably be quicker. I mean, yes, of course Bolt's quicker. I mean, it was, you know, he he looked he looked pretty fast though. This this guy. I mean, I'll go give James with a credit. Fl- with a flying start, so we got to account that too. Very true. Playing Going with technicalities here. Okay, let's do the voicemail from Chief, and then we'll go to the new world record song next. I think yeah. that's a good way to close it out. What up, boys? Chief from Illinois. Well, now Indiana. Drink your milk, Braylon. Uh, shout out to Zippy for calling in and telling that story. Uh, great story. True story. Uh, we've been running together for a couple months now, and um, talking, talking pro track all the time. And he then asked me if, I listened to any running podcasts and a grin came across my face and he goes, which ones do you listen to? And I was like, oh, well, I really like House of Run. And I responded with, what up, boys? This is Chief from Illinois. And he just laughed. Um, I do have a complaint for you, Sully. I sent you an Instagram post with OBJ commenting on Sydney McLaughlin. OBJ is Odell Beckham Jr. for you non-football fans, uh, challenging Sydney to a race. So who would you have in a 400, and what would the winning time be? Um, last thing, hot shoe take for Jason. The IAAF um, is upset with our Laura because the Nike spikes she is wearing are against the rules because the spikes must be, quote, readily available to the public. Uh, with that, we now have a new hot shoe take for you, Jason. So I, I'm i curious on your comments. With that, peace, boys. Uh, that was Chief from Illinois. McLaughlin versus OBJ. I mean, Sydney wins. I think Sydney wins in like 50.8 because she slows down crossing the line. Yeah, and a 400, I I mean, Oda Beckham, he's a very good athlete, and I imagine he could run maybe even low 50s. Like, mm-hmm. I, I might, might give that to him just because he's, he's an elite athlete. Mid, mid, low to mid 50s is my guess. Um, but yeah, I'll, I'll take Sydney in the four for sure. Um, what about the shoe take? Yeah, so I didn't know about this, actually. This is this is news to me. Um, and so, yeah, I guess we've got, uh, we've got I mean, Clearly, her whole career is a fraud at this point, right? I mean, we can't account any of the things she's done. We have to subtract four percent from hers or add four percent, sorry, to it. So we got to we got to redistribute some records and some medals. Maybe she didn't break that fifteen hundred meter record on the way to her mile. I'm not sure. That's true. 
That's true. Yeah. Everything has changed now. Everything you knew before <laughs> is a lie. So we mentioned the world record earlier by Donovan Brazier. And for a while there, the world record song has been a source of great controversy. Uh, Josh, a.k.a. Deuce, wrote in with a world record r- song, I'd say about a year ago. Maybe that sounds more? about right, yeah. That's And, and let me just say this. like I, I vehemently disagree with anybody who, who disliked this song. I thought it was a work of art, but... So I was very I was very excited. Ooh, almost a year to day. the date. Yeah, January thirty first of last year is when he sent the original world record song in. So I got another email from him, and, and here's what it says: Hey guys, thanks so much for all the plays of my world record song over the past year. It was Christian Coleman's attempts to hit the indoor sixty meter record last year that inspired me to write it. However, I know you have received a handful of emails over the past year with some helpful criticisms. It seems the main complaints have been one: it's too long. Two, it's too somber. And three, it's too pretty slash happy sounding. As a musician, I always aim to please. So I thank people for these comments. With the multiple indoor world records set this winter, I decided it was time to take these suggestions to heart and create a new song, which I humbly submit to you guys in this email for your, for your consideration. I did my best to make it one, short, two, high energy, and three, not at all pretty. My first world record song took me five minutes to record and this one took me more like 30 minutes. So hopefully wow. it's at least six times better in the opinions of your listeners. Since everybody calls me Deuce, I named the song World Record Song Part Deuce. <laughs> also, <laughs> my bandmates were upset, not really, that I didn't plug our band in my email last year. So shameless plug, check us out on Spotify, Instagram, etc. The Echo Exchange. And this is from Josh, a.k.a. Deuce. So I listened to this already. He takes it in a completely different direction. And I also listened to his band. I really enjoyed their music. I'll say his band style of music, much different than this. So okay. Josh, Josh really extended his range to try to hit hard on this one, not make it pretty, not make it happy. Instead, bring out the, I guess you could say the dark arts of world record breaking. Oh, okay. If you think about it, you know, you kind of got to be a villain to break the world record, right? That's true. Like, you know, it's you're going in there and you're messing with history. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's a good point. And I, I think that's, I think it's interesting. Like I said, I still think the old world record song is is fantastic, but I'm I'm excited. I'm excited for a new one as well. So, right, so here it is. This is Deuce Part Deuce World Record Song. This one, the first one goes out to uh, Donovan Brazier. Yeah, here we go. Do a thing that no one's ever done I have passed the father more points ever than earth World record World record What do you think? I'm pumped. I'm I'm man. That's good. It's it the, I mean the difference between like you know, a beautiful piano medley and you know like a, I don't say a ballad, but like just such like a, a really nice you know song, and then you just go to like just hard rock like mm-hmm. it's, I mean it's different, and people want it a little different. It's shorter. I mean it's he he did what he was aiming for, and I, I 
I, I don't know which one I like better because I like them both, even though they're, they're, they're both so different. Um, mm-hmm. I have yet to listen to his actual band, which I, which I plan on doing because I'm excited to, uh, to hear that. But I, as you said, I don't think it's quite to that. Uh, World record! It's good. No, it's good. It's really good. I like it. I'm excited. So. Catchy. The Echo Exchange is the name of the band. Echo so Exchange. check them out. And I want to hear, yeah, I want to hear the, let's, let's hear some feedback, you know, um, about what people think, because he, he, he's trying to trying to make everybody happy. 30 minutes he put into that. It's good. I love it. At least six times better. I, I like the original, too. I like both of these. These are solid. Um, so, so, yeah, so check them out. Instagram, Spotify, all that good stuff. If you're into music, which, who isn't? Echo Exchange. Maybe they do weddings. Maybe they'll do your wedding. I don't know. Now I'm just at like filling them in, like I'm booking them, which I probably shouldn't do. Yeah, but it's. Uh, but I want I want residuals if if this does happen. Of course, yeah. I mean that's you know. Hey, you, you get played on the house of run. I mean we've blown up so many bands. Imagine Dragons. Ooh. You guys don't remember that, yep. but in seven years ago we played them on here, and now here they are. Well, Panic at the Disco used to be called Panic at the Discus because when they first <laughs> wrote in. They wrote in with this crazy Robert Harding ballad. That's true. And they I remember were like, that. These guys have talent. They eventually got hooked in with um, Jimmy Iovine and Dr. Dre, and then they're like, "Okay, you got to switch it. Not Panic at the Discus. That's too niche. Let's mm. do disco." And the rest was history, really, for them. And then obviously, um, we had Eddie Vedder calling, right? That's true, Eddie Vedder. I mean, that was, and and I believe you know he won uh, Voicemail of the Year last year. Yeah. Um, Really, I mean, he he spread his whole range there too, you know. Yeah. Not unlike, not unlike what we just Javelin experienced. Flies. Where we had everything. <laughs> oh, where, oh, where is Mary been? <laughs> Young Hendrix's daughter. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. There we it go. was. I mean, so a lot of lot of musical careers have kind of blown up from here. <laughs> Thanks, everybody, for writing in. House of Run at Gmail dot com is the email address on Twitter at House of Run. Thanks, everybody, for all the messages and, and all the great feedback on Twitter too keep it coming if you meet somebody in real life who's listened to the show let us know the story because people like those stories they like yeah finding i like those stories. listeners yeah meeting listeners in real life until next week remember i am kevin and i'm jason jessica ennis i'm shouting out mitch and joel because they asked they really wanted their names mentioned on the podcast this week and uh so hey mitch hey joel sorry i couldn't meet up for golden tea today <laughs> Oh, roommate Mitch. Yes, roommate Mitch and uh, and Joel, who you may have met at the wedding. I'm not sure. <laughs>